Hey everyone, Jonathan McKee for The Plugged In Show. Before we start today's podcast, we just want to remind you that Plugged In's reviews of streaming movies and TV shows, music, video games, and other home entertainment can be a great resource for families suddenly spending lots of time at home during the coronavirus situation. We'll be working hard to cover even more family-friendly streaming movie and TV options in the coming weeks. And next week, we'll be talking about some of those on the Plugged In show. So be sure and check out PluggedIn.com for everything you need to know about the best entertainment options for your family. Here now is this week's episode of the Plugged In show. Easter is the time Christians celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection. And the weeks leading up to Easter are a time lots of believers go to Christian movies. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host for the Plugged In show, Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, technology, and your family. Thanks for joining us today. Well, one of the most anticipated Christian movies of the year, I still believe, landed in theaters last week. We're going to talk a bit about that get-me-a-box-of-Kleenex story, but also about Christian movies in general. Speaking of talking, we would love you to join our discussion as well. So be sure to let us know what you think by emailing us at team, that's T-E-A-M, at thepluggedinshow.com. We want to know what you think about what we think about Christian movies, good, bad, and everything in between. So joining me for today's conversation are... Jonathan McKee. Emily Clark. Paul Acey. Kristen Smith. All right. Well, before we jump into our conversation about Christian movies, which I'm really looking forward to today, I think it's going to be a good one. I have another question for you. What would you say is your favorite genre of movie in general and why? Ugh. That's such a tough this question. Is a hard question. It yeah. really is. Because I have a good answer, though. All right. All right. You go. All you right. go ahead. I gave this some thought. Definitely epic tales like Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, that's actually uh-huh. solid. For many reasons. Now, I know that technically qualifies as action slash adventure, but these- And sci-fi and fantasy. And fantasy. <laughs> and fantasy. So right. all of them. But specifically, these ones to me are, there's just something about them that's very epic, like almost biblical, which is fitting since they were written by Christian authors. But I just love the fact that, especially during the battle scenes, you know, you have that person who comes at the 11th hour to save the day. You have romance sometimes, um, but the camaraderie between the characters is honestly what draws me in more than anything, because there's just something about the way they love each other and they care for each other and they Mm. have each other's backs. And it's just, oh, it draws me in and it makes me want to cry and cheer and just... And watch it over and over again, right? Yes, and I do, once a year. (laughs) All right. That's awesome. You know... That's hard to... It is hard to top. I, and, and that's the thing about this, you know, because you have good movies and bad movies in, in each genre, right? For right. every for every Lord of the Rings in the fantasy realm, you have Beastmaster, and that's, you know... We don't <laughs> You're not going to bag on... Okay, never mind. <laughs> but I think, I think if you twisted my arm and said, what is your favorite, I might actually go Western. Oh. And, oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> kudos. And I think that, that some of it is, is some of what Emily was saying, actually. I think that, that Westerns, because they're such a time-honored tradition, you know, you see so many of them, they give filmmakers a chance to really grapple with some some interesting good, bad, moral conundrum, 
pushing yourself to the limit type of themes. And I, I kind of dig that. Oh, man. I love that answer. Oh, absolutely. I, man, I, that, I'm so glad you said that, Paul, because, I mean, you think about some of the greats, with, I mean, from Unforgiven, uh, even some ones that a lot of people don't know about, like Open, High open Range. Oh, so good. 310 to Yuma. I mean, it's just good stuff. I was actually going to say, I don't even know if this is a genre, but I was going to say heist films. Because it's a, ah. it's a subgenre, but we're going to yeah. allow it. I mean, I, you know, maybe it's under action. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I love just kind of seeing, and, and it's not that, you know, I want to root for bad guys. It's not that at all. I actually kind of like. But they're lovable bad guys, I, right? I mean, so I don't know what it is. I mean, but, the Italian job, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean how or, can you not love or them? Or even back to Stanley Kubrick's The Killing. I mean, there's, there's some good Ooh. ones that just really. Um, and I also like anything where a cop is investigating, trying to figure out and solve a problem. And maybe it's because when I was a kid, yeah. I wanted to be a cop. And, you know, so I'm always like, wait, it's this guy. You know, I actually even like mysteries. I mean, like knives out. So I don't know anything where a cop is trying to figure out a bunch of bad guys doing something. But he yep. heist films might be my favorite. So I I guess I'll go from there. I actually do like psychological thrillers as long as they're not scary because I can't handle scary movies. Not too psychological or not too thrilling. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm thinking what would guys. qualify know, for which, a psychological what thriller? That? That's... What, what psychological thriller is okay. not scary? Okay, I have no examples that I'm willing to give, but I do like them. Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Bambi. Okay, but I also like um, I like the indie dramas, the ones where you're like not really sure that there's a plot. <laughs> and it kind of goes on and on. I don't know why I really enjoy them. I think I love getting to know the character. And of course, yes, there is a plot. It does show up, but it just takes a while. And I like how people kind of get into that. So Kristen, yeah. you have you have risen up in my in my estimation wow. just from that answer. <laughs> wow, okay. That's awesome. Well, I am gonna go. Let's see, Paul. Can you guess what I'm gonna say? This is a different icebreaker, but sci-fi. What am I gonna say? Sci-fi. No, I'm not going to say sci-fi. Oh. Interesting. But that was a good try. Now, I like really, really great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really See, dramas. that's not a genre, though, is it? Yes, it dark, is. Dark dramas? It is for the purpose of my question. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I Since you're asking, you're allowed. The podcast. The All right. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I like movies that depict real struggle, sometimes real suffering, but not in a nihilistic sense. Like, it's got to turn a corner yeah. toward something redemptive yep. at the end. So It's a solid choice, Adam. That would be what I am going to pick. And, and in some ways, that is just about as far removed from our topic today <laughs> of Christian <laughs> movies. But, you know, I will take a segue wherever I can get one. We're going to talk about Christian movies today. And it's Christian movie season. And you might not have even known that that was a thing. And maybe it's not a thing as far as Hallmark is concerned. Uh, but this is the time of year, at least unofficially, especially over the last decade or so, that the weeks leading up to Easter in March or April, and, and Easter is kind of a tough holiday because it rotates around and you never know exactly where it's going to be, so you have to ask somebody. But this is the time when faith-based stories show up on the big screen and Christians turn out to see them. And this year is no different. Last week saw the arrival of I Still Believe, and it's followed in April by a movie called Rise. June sees the arrival of another Christian movie about fatherhood and technology called Selfie Dad, which actually I'm sort of, I'm not sure what I think about it because I'm not sure I want to be convicted on that particular issue. <laughs> these days, it's not uncommon for these movies to pull in really big numbers. And each year we see these articles in newspapers of people being surprised. It's like 
who could believe Christian movies were this popular? I'm like, well, we had one make 50 million last year and 60 million the year before that. I mean, it's just kind of a thing. So this is the time of year when that happens, and we are going to talk about it today. I want to start out today talking about I Still Believe, and it is an example of a kind of movie we have seen, especially the last couple of years, which is movies based on a true story. And so nobody can come and say, well, that's just a cheesy melodramatic story because, well, it actually happened. So uh, several of us saw I Still Believe. Emily, could you give us a brief summary of what it's about? And then we'll jump into a bigger conversation about Christian movies in general. Okay, so I still believe in the simplest of terms, it's the Jeremy Camp story. Um, Mm -hmm. Boy meets girl, boy and girl fall in love, girl gets sick with cancer and very tragically passes away. And boy has to figure out how to deal with that. It has a little bit of a crisis of faith, but... Yeah, you know, figures it all out. And we would say that typically that's a spoiler warning, except that's kind of the whole point of the movie is that is the Jeremy Kim story. What what do we do when something horrific happens? And this time around, you know, they do fall in love and it seems like she's going to be healed. And then things take a a pretty dark turn. And so this is a movie that really digs into what do we do with that? You know, why does God heal sometimes and not heal others? Uh, and like some Christian movies do, it really raises a lot of questions for us to deal with. And that raises a question of my own. So what is it that makes a Christian movie Christian? What are the common elements, themes, or approaches to storytelling that we usually and or always see? You know, I've been on this job for about 13 years now, and I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing where the we know... The job or Christian movies? The Christian movie thing, <laughs> okay. because... You know, I think that we all sort of have an understanding of, of what a quote-unquote Christian movie is, and yet there are so many secular movies that sort of fall under that. There, there yeah. are a lot of Christian movies that might not mention God at all in some ways that are produced by, by Christian movie makers, okay. and so it becomes a, a difficult thing to sort of piece together, I think. I think the traditional thing that you see, though, when someone says Christian movie, you're expecting like a certain director. You're expecting this like sometimes like the Kendrick brothers, yeah, like or the Irwin brothers. A you have crisis. To be, you have to be brothers, apparently. Yes, you have to be brothers. <laughs> There's going to be a faith crisis or some kind of moment where you're calling into question your faith, and then you see God act on your behalf. Um, sometimes extremely formulaic. It just depends. Like I, I hear what Paul's saying that that it is difficult. But when I think we talk about that, that's what a lot of people are looking at. Well, it's interesting because some of the really good Christian movies weren't necessarily, I guess, you know, uh, made by some Christian, you know, company. You know, you think back on even The Passion of the Christ or you think of, like, Mm -hmm. dare I say, The Mission. You know, I mean, some of these Mm -hmm. had really interesting Christian themes. It's kind of like in the book world when John Grisham wrote The Testament. That book is profoundly Christian. I mean, it's got a gospel presentation in it. And sadly, I wish that one would have made it to the big screen. But, you know, it, it but here it is. You know, you've got the secular world talking about Christian stuff. And sometimes I think the thing that's interesting is those are some of the ones that come out really well because they've got the big budget. They've got the big names. They've got the talent. So and yeah. I'm sure we're going to probably go there. But um, it, it is interesting because it doesn't take necessarily a Christian company to make a Christian movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the other elements is there's often a lot of conversation about faith. And sometimes we'll hear a, a straight up sermon. You know, there, somebody dies and, you know, we'll hear 
a call to conversion in a you know a funeral service or something. So in my experience, Christian movies tend to be really talky, if I can mm. use that adjective. That's, a, that's an interesting People talk point, about yeah. their faith. They talk about prayer. You know, how many Christian movies have we seen where somebody has a notebook and we see them writing out a prayer or we actually see the Bible and mm-hmm. maybe certain verses are highlighted. So uh, in some ways, they're they're not sermons, but... I think what we typically think of as Christian movies, they can become very sermon-esque because it's clear kind of what the takeaway is, what the point is. You usually don't walk out of a Christian movie with a lot of ambiguity about what you're supposed to think about it. Yeah, and I think one of the things that you've said about Christian movies before, which I think is really on point, Adam, is that I think a really effective movie is often more about asking questions as opposed to giving answers. And I think that that Christian movies, those sort of made within the Christian marketplace, they tend to be uh, very, very uh, concerned with answering questions, you know? And and because of that, I think think that they really work for for certain segments of the population. I think that you can make some really strong Christian movies. Don't get me wrong. But I think that, that sometimes because they tend to be fairly pat, because you tend to know where they're going, um, and because they're answering these questions that, that that we already quote unquote have answered, then I think that sometimes it can it can lessen their impact aesthetically. Well, when you say, you know, they answer these questions, that's why I love when we're surprised by a secular movie. Uh take signs. You know, now granted it is about a pastor, you know, who's and aliens. Dealing, yeah, but but I mean P- that's pick the one. Thing. Pick it's, one. It's kind of a scary <laughs> Thriller, so Kristen's out. But uh, you know, it, it, it's a scary thriller where there, you know, aliens are attacking, and everybody's going, "What do we do?" And in the middle of that, there's this conversation where they're talking about, "Hey, is anybody else out there?" And they have this amazing faith conversation sitting there on the couch, you know. And I love it when films do that, when they raise questions like that, and sometimes even provide answers. Well, and I love the fact that what I thought was a pretty straightforward question actually isn't. Right, exactly. This is actually not the direction I thought we would go talking about this question. And so even trying to pin down what a Christian movie, as we you know generally think about it, is, it may be a little bit slipperier, (laughs) if I can use that word, uh, more slippery, than than what we think. Um, But yeah, I, I still think that when we talk about Christian movies, there's often an intended audience in mind. And so who do you think these movies are generally intended for? Who goes to them? I think the majority of people who go to Christian movies are Christians. I think that you I think that when a secular audience walks into a Christian movie, it can kind of like you were saying earlier, it can be a little too sermon-esque for them and it's a They don't really understand if they haven't had any kind of background as to like, okay, what, what is faith? What, who is God? Who is Jesus? What, why are these people so obsessed with these movies? Um, And even for, you know, the Christian audience, it can be a little, like we said earlier, it's just too sermon-esque. Like, we already know these things. Why are we here? Why are we watching something that we already know? Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting in that oftentimes I think these movies are presented as as evangelical tools, tools for reaching a new and different audience. And I think, again, sometimes that can be true. There are some Christian movies that I think jump into that level, but a lot of them are intended to um, inspire 
and encourage the faithful already. You know, it, whether that's the actual filmmaker's intent, I'm not Absolutely. I'm not actually sure because I think that they still want to reach a, a much broader audience. But I think in practice, it tends to be, listen, we will give you this story that encourages you for, for what you believe, for what you think. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's, there's a place for that. But I think to call them evangelical tools often is just going down the wrong path. No, I agree with that. I, I think that I have heard any number of Christian directors talk about their desire for a story to be, you know, something that can be used in, as an evangelism tool. And I know, you know, in the wake of one of the Kendrick Brothers movies, I can't remember which one it was, they said they had letters from 3,000 people who made decisions for Christ after seeing the movie. So certainly it can work that way. I think what is more likely to happen is that they are for insiders because Mm -hmm. there's often jargon, there's often Mm -hmm. information and ways of communicating that we know, but somebody on the outside doesn't. Well, and and I'm the first to admit, I, I haven't been a big fan of all the Kendrick films. I just, I feel like they need to put more budget into it and, and, and Annie up for some actors and some soundtracks. But let me tell you, I got a good friend who brought his 10 and 12 year old daughter to Overcomer. And when I sat there and watched it, I was like, wow, I was so, cause we pray for these girls all the time. And, and they didn't really necessarily grow up in a church background. They don't know Christ. And when I watched Overcomer, I'm like, wow, these girls heard the gospel clearly in this movie and they came out and they were like daddy that's my favorite movie they love the story of you know this young aspiring track star and all this stuff so so it actually i've seen it work and to Mm -hmm. me that was kind of really cool for me because i've had a lot of criticism of man i think you could make this better whatever but personally i saw it actually work so I thought right. that was yeah. kind of cool right. that it's out there and, and it is happening. So I, I wish we could tune it up a little bit. I was just going to say, I think I think it works for who it works for, you know, and it's it's important <laughs> not to minimize that. Right. Because right. I think it's really easy to be critical or, you know, have it could be this way or that way. And it's true. And Jonathan, I share a lot of similar feelings that, you know, that you have. Um, but when it works, it really works. And we shouldn't say that, you know, they, they, people weren't impacted because it wasn't presented in the way we thought it should be. That's the amazing thing about story, I think, is that it impacts us all very differently. I think if you have 50 people sitting in a movie theater, we're all perceiving the same story in a slightly different way. You know, I, I was just at a movie yesterday, walked out, and there was only one other critic. He hated it. I really liked it, you know, and I think I but that think was because it was named after your wife. Well, that is true. That yeah. is true. <laughs> but I, I think that there's there's something interesting about how stories work within us. And, and this may be a, a theological rabbit trail, but sometimes I wonder whether God designed us that way, you know, where where our how he made us, how we our experiences shape how we perceive different stories. Well, and even when you look at the stories in Scripture, there are some that you read, you're like, I can't miss that point. It's right there. Right. You know, it's pretty obvious when you read the story of Jonah, Jonah's not doing the right thing here and, and God's trying to get him back on the right track. And then you have, you know, Jesus telling parables in the New Testament and his disciples are totally confused, you know, and they don't know what to make of the story. And I wonder, I wonder if some of us are wired uh, in such a way that we like stories that have ambiguity, mm-hmm. that have loose ends, that right. don't tie everything up neatly. But we live in such a crazy time. 
I wonder if there are a lot of other people, uh, and I think it is a lot of them, who they don't want a story that's about ambiguity or not <laughs> having answers. Answer. They want a solid answer. That's yeah. exactly they what want the bullet Life is points. already like that. Let's give us something structural yeah. that yeah. we can move away well, from. And, and yeah. they want something to encourage them in what they believe. And I think that desire to be encouraged, even if I am sometimes tempted as a as a movie critic to be critical of how well a story is working aesthetically, uh, it may be working on completely different levels for so many of the people who see it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We've mentioned the, the, the Kendrick brothers. I... Being a curmudgeonly movie reviewer, you know, I think that that <laughs> I have a, a high standard for for aesthetics. I I really like acting, directing, ambiguity, all that sort of stuff. And yet, when I watched the trailer for Facing the Giants, I found myself tearing up. You know, I think that they they do they can work on a on right. a different level. You know, there's there's something that can touch us deeply about some of those stories. Well, and that's a great segue to my last question, and that is. What is your favorite Christian movie and why? Oh, Who man. wants to go first? I, Jonathan you know, does. I can probably, if we're talking about ones that were, you know, again, what's the category of Christian movie? But of right. and, and I think Christians that we within, answer within, it broadly. Yeah, yeah. With 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 a stamp of Christian movie, hands down, I'd say I can only imagine. And I just yeah. feel like it was one that it, it was probably one of the first ones where I watched and said, "Wow." This was real. I mean, the the music was amazing. The acting was amazing. Um, I felt like they anteed up for some really good talent. Um, great storyline. Definitely had me in tears at several moments. Um, so, I mean, for me, and I haven't seen, you know, the new Jerry McCamp one, and, and I hear it's amazing, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually hopefully see it this week. So, who knows? That might trump it. But, uh, but so far, for me, I can only imagine just delivered all around. I still believe I think is I think it's a good movie. Go see it. It's good. You'll cry. Um, yes, you yeah. will cry. Bring the You'll tissues. Cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, my I can't say what my favorite Christian movie is necessarily because I like different Christian movies for different reasons. Like okay. I loved I loved Mom's Night Out because it was funny. It had Sean Astin, who's one of my favorite actors in it. Look, Samwise. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you get it. Um, you know, I liked Risen because I felt like that one had a little more of a Hollywood feel to it. it um, I hated the ending of that movie, but I loved <laughs> up until that point. I loved it. I thought the acting was really good. I thought the writing was really good. Um, it's just and then there's movies like Overcomer that are just yes they're very cheesy but sometimes it's good to have a little cheese I like corny dad (laughs) jokes it's nice to sit down with my family and be able to watch this movie without having to cringe my way through awkward moments because they made an inappropriate joke or something exactly so yeah different Christian movies I like for different reasons Well yeah you know I think for me, one of the movies you just mentioned, actually, Emily, Risen. If if it's going to have a Christian, like like Jonathan says, a Christian stamp on it, I think Risen really worked for me. It 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 tells uh, Jesus's story specifically about his his death and resurrection in a really different, almost mystery story type of way. And I yeah, really appreciated from that the Roman soldiers' uh, point yeah. of view. It's just a new perspective, exactly. and I loved that. It it had it brought some really good actors to the table. I thought the story was compelling. I thought how they dealt with Jesus was really fantastic. When you first see him, you don't necessarily notice him out of crowd. And, yeah. and, he's and not glowing. He's not nope. glowing, and I really appreciated that. Now, if I was going to go secular Christian movie, it, 
it might be Martin Scorsese's Silence. I wondered if you were going to yeah, say that. Yeah, you knew it had to come <laughs> up. No, so why why is that? Why would you pick that one? That is, it's it is probably one of the most difficult movies that I have ever seen. It's it's very challenging. It's particularly challenging as a person of faith. It really deals with someone grappling with what it means to to have faith in a very difficult moment in history, and it it questions what it means to give up your faith. Mm. And I think that that because of that, it it's something that even today, years after I saw it, I still think about it. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I think, oh man, um, if I were to give a Christian, if it was like a Christian stamp movie, it would probably be Run the Race, um, huh. which I really enjoyed. Um, I like that it didn't answer questions and didn't tidy things up the way that I thought it would. And that's the one Tim Tebow produced? Yeah. Is uh-huh. that right? Yeah. So the ending, I was... I was actually so mad that it didn't end neatly because I was like, no, I thought it was going to end a certain way. Um, I know, I know, but it didn't. But I think if I, if I were to move over to like a secular, um, I guess, Christian film, I don't even know if anyone would call this Christian, but the secret life of Walter Mitty, I sobbed watching that film. And I think there was just, there were so many moments where in that film you sit and you see how important it is to live in the present and the beauty around you and what God is what I thought, like what God yeah. has for us right now. And we can miss it if we're always looking for something different. It never mentions God never. in the whole thing, nope. but it has a lot of really good Christian themes. And I totally agree. Yeah. It's probably one of my top 10, 20 a movies of the year. P- top stealth parable. Christian movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Yes. Well, I am going to pick, and I actually I got a list out and went back through this whole list of movies, <laughs> and then one jumped out. I'm like, well, of course, because this actually is a family favorite, uh, and that's Soul Surfer. And mm. it tells this, the true story of Bethany Hamilton, who is a young teen who is rising in the surfing world in Hawaii, and she loses her arm to a shark attack. I'm sure almost all of you know her story. It's been well publicized. Yeah. Um, this, I think, for me, gets at the point of stories have resonance. And I'm not sure I would have picked it as my favorite movie personally, but I have two daughters that absolutely adore this movie. Yeah. And I have probably seen it 50 times because <laughs> they will sometimes go on Soul Surfer binges where, where they'll watch it and then maybe they'll watch it again, which I guess maybe I have boundary issues. <laughs> That's another podcast That's another for podcast. another time. Um, but there's something about Bethany's story of overcoming that resonates with my daughters. And, and I love that. And I think sometimes we gravitate toward Christian movies almost as comfort food. Um, they're not Hallmark movies, but I think that we enjoy them for similar reasons. And at Plugged In, we often talk about using wisdom and discernment to evaluate how something is influencing us. And we might think, oh, man, I just want a Christian movie so I don't have to think about it too much. You know, I think we want to be able to kind of turn our brains off and just enjoy a story that has been vetted already. Um, yeah, no, when I think about, about Christian movies, Movies, that is sort of the good and bad of them, right? In, right? in that I think that that one of the things that we should think about most sincerely and grapple with most honestly is our faith, right? Mm-hmm. There are there are really important questions that are a part of of our faith journey. And yet there's something beautiful and really resonant about being able to to sort of sink into 
kind of that that sense of spirituality and, and, and the faith that we've grown up with, the faith that we turn to in hard times, these Christian movies can give us an opportunity to, to sort of curl up and, in, and enjoy the God who made us in a different sort of way. Oh, I think that's exactly right. And mm. just like with a secular movie, they often give us an opportunity for conversation, too. Um, and I think sometimes we can think, well, we all agree with this. We don't need to talk about it afterwards. But I recently screened a movie that's not out yet, and I had an online screener, and I watched it with my daughters at home. And it's about a young girl who works miracles. Like any number of Christian movies I've seen, it was not, uh, I don't know, aesthetically, sure, it wasn't the best sure. movie I'd ever seen. We had an incredible conversation about miracles afterwards. And so I want to just sort of stick the landing with our conversation today by saying Christian movies can offer a really fantastic springboard to deeper conversations about the faith. And I I wonder if even though we emphasize that with secular movies, sometimes we don't think about that with Christian movies. So these are stories to stimulate our faith, to stimulate our conversation uh, about faith uh, as we move forward. And I would really encourage you as you watch Christian movies with your family to think about how you can talk about it afterwards. So what about you? What is your favorite Christian movie and why? We want to know. Drop us a line with your thoughts on today's show at thepluggedinshow.com. And on our episode page for today's show, you'll also find links to everything we've talked about today. If you have your interest peaked, you can learn more about it. And if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet... Well, what do I have to do? Do I have to come and <laughs> knock on your door and help you? And he will. No, he that will. would actually be weird. I won't do that. But I would love for you to sign up and tell your friends about it. We want to continue to expand uh, the conversation that we're having at Plugged In with, with others. So tell your friends about it. And we look forward to spending some more time with you next week on The Plugged In Show. 